In the Fuzzy Memories podcast, we celebrate the good, the rad, and the fugly of the 80s and 90s. We're three latchkey kids who made it out alive. And in each episode, we break down all the culture that popped one year at a time. Whether it's the birth of legends. I'm Lyme disease free today and I have Whitney Houston and MTV to thank. (laughs) Or audacious moves. Imagine also the the poor Golden Gate Bridge. You turn 75 and people have a party on you. I don't want that. Or even confusing PSAs. In the stop, drop, and roll. I mean, we would, I assume as an adult, I would catch on fire weekly. All the time! (laughs) We've got a take that will make you laugh. We've also got thoughts on all sorts of random phenomena and the most unmitigated of golf. Why sharks can't be trusted, people can't be trusted, and rivers can't be trusted. (laughs) It's collusion. It's of the highest degree! Uh Uh-huh. You were counseling me to start my remarks with, first of all, bitch. <laughs> that one, everyone in that room would have snapped to attention. It's going to be basically coffee lids, shark revenge, and then maybe like Matt gets. <laughs> we need to do something about him. Join us every other Wednesday to celebrate the hits, the misses, and the misfits of the weirdest decades. If I could tell my 14-year-old self from 1990 that I would be eating in a cheesecake factory in, in Beverly, Beverly Hills, I'd be like, we did it. We, we did it, Joe. We did it. <laughs> Listen and subscribe to Fuzzy Memories on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. Hey, Broads and Books listeners, we are going to be at the Des Moines Book Festival on March 28th. That's right. And not just there. We are going to do a live podcast on the main stage. Live and in person. In person. In this live event, we are going to tackle a theme of authors with unique paths to writing. We'll talk book recommendations, tell some of our favorite stories, and start your festival day with a laugh. And you can be there, and we want you to be there, and please be there. We are so excited to meet some of our listeners and share some new recommendations with you. Plus, this festival is going to be huge. It's hosting some big names, including Taylor Jenkins Reid, Chuck Klosterman, Tayari Jones, and Laura (laughs) Bruska. You know it. (laughs) So many of our faves. So many big names. But... If you can't be there in person, don't worry, because we're going to release that live episode from that day as one of our episodes. You can also be a part of the event by submitting a question that we might answer live on stage. You could be name-checked on stage. On stage. So if you need a good book recommendation, or you're curious about us, you have a question, submit that to us at admin at broadsandbooks.com. And you can find that email as well on our website. Submit your question by March 26th for a chance to be featured at the event. Mark your calendars and get ready for a great time with the broads. We are so looking forward to it. And who knows? Maybe we'll even break out some tuxes, Erin. Never know. Hello, and welcome to Broads and Books, the podcast with one unique theme, four handpicked book recommendations, and two broads. I'm Amy. And I'm Erin, and this is episode number 51, for better 
for worse. I prefer for better. Does that make me selfish? No, I like for better. Okay, yeah. But yeah. some of our picks this week delve into the They're for really worse. about the worst. Yeah. Yeah. And not just romantic relationships. No, we kind of expanded it to the worst part of relationships. Mm-hmm. Relationships gone bad, you might say. Yes. Yeah. Relationships that are really testing the worst part. <laughs> Whether or not like, they're oh, vowed. You vowed, you vowed that. Well, let's check this. Let's out. just see how far how, it goes. Exactly. Yeah. Let me just test the boundaries of your vows. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which sounds like every marriage. It really, <laughs> it does. Just kidding. <laughs> so, speaking of relationships, yeah, for better for worse, relationships. Yeah. Is there a fictional character that you could never be in a long-term relationship with? I don't know about oh, you, but like we've talked about classics that were taught in school. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, Wuthering Heights was oh. always held up as this ultimate romance. But Heathcliff is an asshole. Yeah. I would never want to be with him. He's a selfish prick mm. that really, like, once he figures out he can't have the main girl, wants to burn the world down and make yeah. everyone miserable. That's abuse, yo. Yes. I don't want any of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's abuse, yo. <laughs> That should be my new, like, updated version of Wuthering Heights. Yeah. Wuthering Heights, colon. That's abuse, yo. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not your sloppy seconds. <laughs> yeah, so I could never be in a relationship I, with him. I Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. That didn't even occur to me, but that's a good answer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. Um, thinking about, you know, mm-hmm. what couples fight about. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of fighting in Wuthering Heights. Mm-hmm. What's the weirdest thing you've ever witnessed a couple fight about? Meatballs. <laughs> First off, the speed of that answer was incredible. You had that ready to go. Yeah. Meatballs. 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 Okay. It was a particular argument about whether or not this one of the people in the relationship, whether that was his favorite uh, meal or not. We were invited over to celebrate a birthday. Well, so this was... is a couple you know, mm-hmm. and you were at their house. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. Okay. They're not together now. Oh. Maybe I should cut to that yeah, real quick. Yeah, that's yeah, good yeah, to know. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. But um, there was a fight about whether or not... Uh, Meatballs were his favorite dish because I will tell you the meatballs that were served were terrible. Hmm. So I don't know if it was an embarrassment on his part to be like, well, no, these meatballs are my favorite. And she was very upset. She's like, I made your favorite dinner because it's your birthday. How many other people were there besides them and you and Mike? Me and Mike. Oh, no. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So to this day, Mike and I really can't eat meatballs without losing it a little bit. And then being like, these are not my favorite meatballs. <laughs> How like heated did it get in front of you? It was it was like one of those where it, like there was a few lines exchanged and then it was just tense for the rest of the oh, time. Like no. it's like they tried to edit it back in and then it was just kind of like you felt like, you know, ice picks through their eyes yes. at each other. And Mike and I were just like trying to figure out a time like when can we conceivably can we get out of here? Yeah. Wow. And we were just like, did we just witness a fight about meatballs? Yeah, you did. And then we were also like, we're really hungry because those are really bad. <laughs> Can we stop and get food? <laughs> so maybe the fight was justified because the meatballs They were bad. bad. But like in her, I don't know. It's hard to take a side because they were terrible. But then I don't know if at some point he said meatballs are his favorite thing and hmm. she thought she was doing this nice thing. But she also did make a point that it was her meatballs that he said. So it makes me wonder. They were burnt. They were stuck to the pan. Oh. But even then. Yeah. I'm not sure I could get on board that that meatball was someone's favorite. Hmm. Even in a normal cooking situation, I'm not sure that you couldn't have done better out of the SpaghettiOs can. (laughs) (laughs) 
That would have been great if the end of his argument was like, I meant the SpaghettiOs meatballs. meatballs. Those little balls of whatever they are are processed hooves. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, for those not able to watch at home Aaron just made a barfy face when I said <laughs> I it I got, oh. <laughs> she's gonna say it again just remind us hooves <laughs> meatball hooves so yes that was the weirdest thing wow. I've witnessed people and it was intense that's so and t- I still intense when you're witnessing it. an argument no. and, and there's no buffer there's no one else no. around like oh no. god that is uncomfortable yes and when people start fighting in front of me and you can tell they're digging at each other. And it's like, well, save this for another time. Yeah. This, is, this is not the this moment. This is what the car ride home is yes. for. You're ruining the whole evening. I mean, go ahead and ruin your own evening yes. at your home, in your bathroom, yelling yes. at each other like yes. normal people. Yes. I don't know what you two are arguing about. We're at your house and we're getting served this. Yeah. We got no vested interest. Neither of us <laughs> said they're our favorite. <laughs> And there wasn't even a cake. It was someone's birthday. What? Yeah, come on. This sounds like a shitty night. We got tricked all the yeah, way around. Yeah, you really did. So. Was that the final fight that drove them to divorce, do you think? No. Oh. No, there's a whole another story <gasps> Ooh, there that okay. was real bad. Oh, yeah. all right. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Well. That the meatballs wouldn't have tipped you off to that. Hmm. But, yeah. I don't hmm. want to air too much dirty laundry. Okay. That's fair. I'll tell you after. Okay, great. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Uh, well, speaking of marriage, yeah, just going bad. Yeah. Um, if you were the type to get married, Amy, which I'm not, no, but, uh, to be clear, you're yeah, not, uh-huh. but if you were, yes, would you, or would you not get married <laughs> by Elvis in Vegas? My answer depends on, can I swap out Elvis for a David Bowie impersonator? Absolutely. Then yes. I will get married just to have a David Bowie impersonator marry me. Would that be hard to turn down if someone was like, listen marry me i already have a david bowie impersonator lined up i don't think i'd be able to resist that what if david bowie was still alive and asked you to marry him oh i would yes 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 (laughs) yes a thousand times yes mike if you can imagine my gay face and reverse it to like the nth degree that's amy's face right now (laughs) i hadn't even gone there yeah okay oh my god yes so we found the conditions in which you would agree to get Listen, married. Yeah, if David Bowie One was, was resurrected, that's when I'll get married. Okay, that's yeah. going to rely heavily on science. Yep, it sure is. But there's an outside chance <laughs> that if you had a David Bowie impersonator, you might convince I might still, her yeah. in the right moment. Depends on how good the impersonator is. Okay, that's fair. How much the illusion works. Mm-hmm, that's fair. And if he can then, he or she can then serenade us with some heroes. Yeah. Then Absolutely. I'll marry the first rando I see in Vegas. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, standards really dropped. <laughs> wow. All right. Well, okay. <laughs> I'm just walking down the street in Vegas. You. Someone's like, hey, me. look, I got a David Bowie. Bowie. And I'm like, sold. Done. I don't even know yeah, you. Obviously, you're great. Yep, obviously. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> wow. Right to it. I like it. Well, mm-hmm. so... What's the you you talked about the weirdest fight you witnessed? Mm-hmm. What's the weirdest argument you've ever had in a relationship? Um, this one is is not a romantic relationship. It had to do with roommates in college. Oh, uh, my freshman year, I didn't live with this person after this, and technically, she wasn't my direct roommate. But like, we were all really close on the floor, mm-hmm. and she knocked on my door and asked if I would stand. In her parking spot, while she went to Walmart, 
so that she wouldn't lose her front row spot. Okay. And I said, no. Yeah. Uh, no, I won't no. do that. And you're insane. If you lose your spot, you lose your spot. You just park in a different spot. You're just going to stand there for like an hour mm-hmm. while she And also, I'm going to tell cars they can't park there. Yeah. I yeah. mean, there's an also like a security guard element here yeah. that... Yeah, you're you gonna know turn me. away a lot of people. Yeah, and they're gonna get pissed at you. Yeah, and then they're gonna see me around campus and be like, "You, you were the one that was standing in someone's parking." Yes. It's weird behavior. Yes, no matter how you slice or yeah. dice it. What was her reaction? It didn't go over well. Oh, oh, yeah, she was very angry. Wow. Yeah. What was it? Her got just- brought up multiple times after that too. Like, Seriously? remember when you wouldn't stand in my parking spot? Yeah. Wow. But then that happened to other people. So then it had to be like a collective thing where she'd be like, none of you understand. We're like, we never asked you to do it. Like, this isn't like a go. Yeah. It was like one of those things you're arguing and then you're like, why am I even having a discussion about this? It's so ridiculous. I'm moving myself immediately. Yeah. That's the one thing that Mm -hmm. she judges friendships based on. If you're willing to stand in the parking spot. Mm -hmm. I think she offered me food. (laughs) And I was like, I, now I'm a raccoon. Like, I'm scrounging for food and preventing a car from parking. I don't. Now I'm just picturing you in a lawn chair with like a big bag of random scraps from trash cans yeah. and just eating uh-huh. while you're. And she primarily only ate animal crackers because I don't. She had kind of a weird thing happening sure, there with sure. food. So, uh-huh. um, but and I was like, I don't want animal crackers. Oh, you don't even God. have good food to offer me. Like you're gonna have to come up with something better. Yeah. Like I eat so. I mean, wow. not saying that in a negative, you know, but I'm just saying I don't want your animal crackers. So I got a question for you. Will you stand in a parking spot while I run to Whole Foods? Yeah. And, for you, okay. I will. Great, 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 great. Yeah, yeah. For yeah. you, I will. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you get me, you know, a treat while you're in there. I'll get you some chocolate donuts while I'm there. Done. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That'll take a real long time. You don't, you don't have to get the expensive ones either. Oh, you, don't okay. have to get, you can just give me a regular chocolate donut. Okay, it doesn't have great. to be vegan. Because okay. I don't want you to spend $10 on a package of chocolate donuts. I mean, I'm asking you to stand in whatever imaginary know, spot. I don't, I don't know. know if that behavior is worth $10. This is a really weird conversation. Right? It's a yeah. weird argument to it have. Is. When someone says, no, that should be the end of it. That like, hey, I just it. thought I'd see because I really like this part. I don't even know how you get there. I'm defending it. And I don't believe in it. But... Once someone says, no, it's over. There's it's no over. argument. No. There was a long argument about whether or not, yeah. We used to call, because the other parking lot was way, way far away from the dorm, and we mm-hmm. called it Siberia. And she's like, <laughs> I can't park in Siberia. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. That's where my car is right now. Yeah. you got two legs. What do you mean you can't park in Siberia? And also, this is rural Iowa. Let's not act like we're trucking across New York yeah. City. Like, yeah. settle down. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So well, how was on that, that note? Yeah. Hey, you mentioned Siberia, and I've got a pick that deals with Russia. What? Transition <laughs> award. Right there. That was Thank you. So, that's a high five for a transition. <laughs> we never high five. That was weird. I know. That was real weird. Okay. In fact, I only got like half of yeah, your hands, and like, I was like, uh, okay, okay. We just gave up halfway we did. in the air. It was. It was <laughs> <laughs> like, this isn't working. We can't. Abort. Why are we touching? Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Like, why are we? Like, I'm looking at you this whole time. Why do we have to touch? It's Russia. Oh, Settle geez. down. <laughs> <laughs> oh oh boy. All okay. Right. So for fiction picks, yes. Thinking about relationships mm-hmm. gone bad. So I chose a pick called Disappearing Earth mm-hmm. by Julia Phillips. And this came out last year. Heard amazing things. Yes. It's been on a lot. Of, it was on a lot of year end lists. Mm-hmm. Lots of awards. And in my opinion, it earns 
all of them. Wow. So one day in August, two young sisters are abducted by this strange guy that pretends to be hurt and lures them into his car. Yep. Real creepy. Real creepy. Oh, did he have animal crackers? (laughs) I'm just kidding. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) He had Russian animal crackers. And he was like, yeah, come on in. Yep, yep, yep. So over the next weeks and then months, police investigate, but mm. nothing happens. And this kind of seems like a pretty standard setup for a mystery or a TV procedural or something. Mm-hmm. But the location is Kamchatka, which is an extremely remote part of Russia, actually near Siberia. Um, it's a pe- peninsula that's extremely rugged. There's volcanoes and forests and tundra, and it's super beautiful. Um, the people who live there are um, indigenous tribes. Um, including this reindeer herding tribe and people who also consider themselves Russians. Mm -hmm. So what's interesting, in this peninsula, there's a bunch of tension between the two, between the native population, the, you know, sort of usurpers, colonial, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So the location is super fascinating, and especially to me. I've always been kind of fascinated by Russia. I I don't know what it is. Maybe growing up sort of during the tail end of the Cold War, I've just been always fascinated. But what's even better and more interesting about this book is the structure. Every chapter is a new month after the disappearance, and it's a new character. So we're thinking about the disappearance by looking at this entire sort of community, but different cities all throughout this peninsula. Um, It's a big cast of characters, like I said, in the city, in rural areas, and it kind of feels like a collection of stories in a way, but they're all very deeply interconnected. So in that way, she's naming it a novel. Mm -hmm. Um, Every one of the characters in the stories, they're somehow affected by the disappearance of these girls. Um, Some know them. Some are frustrated that there was an indigenous girl that disappeared um, like a year or two ago, and no one gave that any attention. So they're like, oh, look at these, you know, white Russian girls. But what about the, you know, our native girl over here? Interesting. Yeah. Some of some people are just terrified of disappearing at the hands of strangers, but also the people that supposedly love them. Mm. Um, one thing she really looks at is women, uh, the violence in women's lives, uh, characters that are affected by domestic violence, abduction, rape, emotional trauma. And so in that way, this book is kind of about relationships gone bad. That's the line we're drawing. Um There's relationships with significant others, with family, even with neighbors and with citizens of this entire peninsula. There's this sort of sense of fear and dread around relationships, all circling back to that original chapter that hinges on the relationship between two sisters. Mm. So as the book goes on, the connections between people get tighter with this absolutely haunting last chapter that you just can't quite shake afterwards. Um, it's, it's tremendous. I actually got to interview her for a, a droit journal, and I talked specifically about some of the Russia connections. Yeah. Um, so I'll link to that in our show notes awesome. so you can take a look at that. And we're going to be talking to her pretty soon. Yes. It's going to be an episode oh. released. Bonus. We talked to Julia Phillips. Julia Phillips. Yeah. The book sounds great. I want to read it before we yeah. talk to her because it sounds amazing. Definitely. Yeah. And like I said, it's, it's so rich. What a cool rich. idea. The structure yes. is so cool. Yes. Yeah. And I asked her about that in the mm-hmm. interview. Like, oh. what it, in your opinion, what was it that made this a novel versus a series of interconnected stories? Oh. And she said, kind of like what we've talked about before, it was the connection, the through line that made it a novel in her mind. Interesting. You know? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good question because a mm-hmm. lot of those that kind of structure you might see like in a short story collection mm-hmm. or um all of the yes, all of Kitteridge Kitter- books comes mm-hmm. to mind when you talk about it like yeah. that. But that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. Mhm. 
So try it, Erin. It's delightful. All right. Well, for my fiction pick for better or worse this week, I picked a book called American Marriage by Tayari Jones. Mm -hmm. So this was published in 2018. You might have heard of it. It was an Oprah's Book Club pick. I believe it was on Obama's list of picks that year. Um, It got a lot of buzz. And again, same type of thing. Well-deserved. It is gripping and it is propulsive. And I read it very quickly. Um it's difficult, but it's also really interesting, all of the threads and, and comments that she pulls up. So I picked it for this theme um, because this idea of maybe a relationship going bad or more so I thought about it at not being at its best or what mm. happens when something that seems good gets tested by a circumstance that like Ooh. no one could predict you know in the for better but suddenly this new situation yes exactly so um roy and celestial are a newly married black couple starting out in the new south they're trying to figure out how to make their marriage work they've been married like going on a year i think and you know they're they're taking both their own experiences from watching their parents which were two very different couples um and trying to figure out how to you know what their next steps are having kids all that kind of stuff and so they're actually visiting roy's family and um, he is falsely accused of a crime while they are staying at a hotel there. And unfortunately, because of the justice system, he ends up being found guilty of the crime and is sentenced to prison. And so they are faced with very early in their marriage, like, how are we? And, and there's a term end to it. So there's an end date of when he would be able to come back out. But it's so far in the future that oh, they're trying God. to figure out what does that mean for the two of yeah. them? How does their relationship survive that? How do they work through that as a couple how are they going to be the same people Mm -hmm. or you know how is she not going to grow and he's not going to grow which happens in a relationship anyway and then be not able to do that together how would the trauma of that experience being in jail affect yeah yeah and then she's just out and she's dealing with his family's feelings about it her family's and her own personal um so there's all this interesting stuff that comes up about loyalty and love and our expectations of each other in a relationship like how much is it fair to expect of someone when something happens that neither of you could predict you know when people get married and they give those vows as as much as you say it it's hard to imagine every possible thing that could go wrong Mm -hmm. because you know who wants to think like that but then when something like this that you could probably never even imagine happens how do you deal with that like how do you what is the expectation for your partner in that situation so it's told from varying points of view like sometimes you're um, reading a chapter from her point of view or from his point of view Um, later on we get some chapters from another um, person that comes into the story point of view but it's what's weird about this is that you root for them independently like you love them for different reasons and you want it to work out for different reasons. But then you realize that what you want to happen for Celestial is different than what you want to have happen for Roy. And you kind of get to this point, at least I did as a reader where you're like, man, I'm rooting for something that can't happen. Mm -hmm. Like it's just not going to happen. And it's probably better for them that it doesn't. So it's a very weird headspace in that sense, but it's also so well done because you when you're thinking about all those things, you can't help but put yourself in the position of all the different people in the story. So it's really deep. It's really complex. It's really layered. There's a lot of things in there about being married. There's a lot of things in there about just friendships. There's a lot of things in there about being a parent, about um, being in a a relationship and what is a deal breaker in a relationship Mm -hmm. and what isn't. Or on the flip side of it, when as a good partner or someone that really loves someone, does that love always look the same? Are there times where we, the loving thing to do is to let go and say, you know, I, I love you, but I yeah. can see that this isn't going to be. Yeah. So 
I mean, it, this book hit me. Like you just, by the end, you're just kind of, yeah, gasping for air almost. It's just such a, yeah, you feel very deeply for the characters, I will say. Yes. And it's, it's wonderful. I, I loved it from beginning to end. Wow. So it's written beautifully. So, and I had not previously read anything by her, but I will tell you that I put every single book that she's written on my really? list. Really? Yeah. I was actually going to ask that. Yeah. Like, because the writing is so, yeah. How much has she written? A bunch yeah. Of she wrote, yeah. Uh, there's another book she wrote called Silver Sparrow that got mm-hmm. a lot of attention. I think Did it was it? like 2014. Okay. I mean, it won awards. It won like the Independent Booksellers Award that year mm-hmm. of their like favorite novel, which. I think is a that's a huge that's thing. like an important award yeah. I think because you're you're really taking some politics yes. out of things there so um, yeah she's obviously very talented and as a bonus hmm. she will be at the Des Moines Book Festival what at the end of March yes you know who else is going to be at the Des Moines I Book mean, Festival we are we're going to be so at the Des Moines you could come yeah. see us mm-hmm. and, and then stay for Tari Jones yeah yeah so I mean just saying bonus I mean I think at the end of this book festival we're going to be best friends with her obviously yeah yeah I will force it. Man, I don't think these uh, headlining authors know what's coming no. when they come to this nope. festival. <laughs> no, nope, sure don't. <laughs> they're like, wait, there's this podcast and these two broads. They're mm-hmm. coming at me real hard. Mm-hmm. They're really wanting to be friends. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Get ready. Mm-hmm. It's going to be the type of hug that I need to stretch beforehand. Yes. Oh, yeah. 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 I feel strongly that I might end up with like a cease and desist from Taylor Jenkins <laughs> Reid. <laughs> She's just going to be like... I think you're accurate there. Yeah, settle. You're going to come at her with your just like, oh my god, I love it, and I love she's every book I've ever read. She's going to see what yeah. kind of person you are, like from a ways away. Yeah, she's like, oh, oh shit, there's no, that one. Oh, there's no, that no. one. Somebody hold my spot while I go to Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting out of here. She's like she's dressed in a tux. She's real. She's, she's got like a real classic. glint in her eye. I'm coming she's for coming. you. <laughs> I got both books and I need them signed right now. What happens if she listens to this and then she's like, I can't come to that book festival. Oh, I'm terrified. Oh, don't say you're that. You're going to do that. Oh, oh don't no. Say that. You can come. I won't. <laughs> if you're scared, I will stay away from you. Don't do that. They would be so angry with me. Oh, plus I think you signed a contract. So yeah, that's probably true. So, well, kind of do it. Yeah. No, you don't want to do that. No. Wow. Yeah. Anyway, great book. Yeah. Put it on your list. Okay. Get to it. Excellent. Yes. Well, my nonfiction pick is actually about the relationship kind of with yourself and with your body in particular. Look at you. Um, I chose the book Anti-Diet, Reclaim Your Time, Money, Well-Being, and Happiness by Christy Harrison. This came out, I believe, on Christmas Day of last year. It's been out just a couple, just a month, perhaps. Um and if you remember back in episode 15, we recommended The Fuck It Diet by mm-hmm. Carolyn Dooner. Mm-hmm. I actually think the two of these work beautifully together. Okay. You and I have kind of talked about this, yes. too. Um, what this book does is it thinks about the idea of dieting. And these days, we probably don't call it dieting. We call it wellness, and we call it health, and we call it eating plans and whatever, mm-hmm. um, any number of different words. But really, she says, any attempt to change your body is dieting. Mm. And science shows that like 90% of people who intentionally lose weight, change their body, will gain it back within five years. Dieting doesn't work. And in fact, it's going to mess up our bodies as a result and mm-hmm. really sort of disconnect us from our bodies right. in a lot of ways. 
So the author, Christy Harrison, she's a nutritionist, and she came to the field because she was having a lot of disordered eating mm. on her own. And she thought by being in nutrition, she could like almost justify that obsession. Like she wanted oh. to learn everything she could so that she could stay in her sort of half anorexic, bulimic type. Oh. Like it was, it was rough. Interesting. That's an interesting perspective yeah, to bring yeah. to it. Yeah. But then as she's working in nutrition, she came to see that the studies that show the dangers of like extra weight on a on a body are really flawed and she saw that they're often completely misread and that everything we kind of believe about obesity and the obesity epidemic are just straight up false wow so now she's written this amazing book and it talks about diet culture and how messed up it is and i think we've kind of talked about diet culture but here she defines it as the overall beliefs that thin people are good and fat people are bad Mm. that thin is somehow morally superior and any sort of fat denotes like laziness, slothness. Mm-hmm. Um, diet culture also is this idea that we have control over our body and that we should have control over mm-hmm. our body. Um, and it also says like certain kinds of foods are bad and certain kinds of foods are good. We've, mm-hmm. we've heard this all the time. Yes. So she digs into how we got here as a society, this sort of pretty recent belief that we have to diet, that we must beat our bodies into submission. And she talks about how really deeply sexist it is, how racist it is. It's extremely flawed in Mm -hmm. so many ways. Um, She goes on to say that really everybody is different and everybody needs a certain size and a weight for ultimate health. And our bodies don't give a shit about beauty standards, especially these increasingly unrealistic beauty standards of very, very thin mm-hmm. women and men. Um, trying to control our weight, she says, is kind of as ridiculous as trying to control like our kidney function or like our skeletal system or something. It's like she's yeah. like, it's just completely like, why do we think that we have control over our weight? Why should we even try to yeah. do that? Um, and it's really messing up our relationships with our bodies. So what I love most about this is just in the title. Um, She shows how dieting, this idea of trying to change ourselves, is a life thief. And I love that idea. Yeah. She says it robs us of so much time, so much money, of happiness. And it makes us, especially women, just obsessed with calorie counting and the size of our stomachs. And so we're focused on this and we have less time to focus on the things that are really important. And we're not spending time trying to follow our passions or to change the world in any way. You know, Mm -hmm. we're so obsessed about how flat our stomach is or not flat. So I... I liked this because I think reading this can improve your relationship with your body. Like you can feel more whole, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, And like I said, I think the combo of this and the fuck it diet have, they've kind of transformed the way I think about my body. It's, it's really been different after reading these and it makes you look at what you're prioritizing in your life and how free you can be without trying to control Mm -hmm. all of this. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a lot of freedom when you finally subscribe to this. I know you have read the fuck it diet. You've read maybe a little bit of this. Yeah. You, yep. Yeah. You bought, uh, you just gave it to me to read and it's on my list, but a couple of the things that you had highlighted that you had sent me or we had talked about beforehand, mm-hmm. but yeah, I'm excited because for that too, cause I read the other one and I want to see how they go together. We've yeah. had a lot of conversations about it mm-hmm. and the more and more you think about it or put it in that context yeah. of that, like you said, the life thief, that was one part we've talked about before that it, it's kind of mind blowing when it you put is. it in that context. Yeah. That like, yeah, we're spending all this time on this and think of all that we're wasting mm-hmm. that we're not getting done or we're not exploring or doing because we're allowing 
that to be our focus. And what are we gaining? Exactly. We're not gaining anything. Yeah. It's just this constant fear and obsession about like, oh my God, if I eat this, is everything ruined? It's pathetic. She also, there was one section I really loved where she's looking at any time there's been sort of a backlash against feminism, against women, suddenly um, our body standards become thinner and thinner and more unrealistic Mm. and diet companies jump in. It's like, Interesting. As a society sees women are getting more power, it's like, nope, let's make them focus on this over here. Wow. I loved it. I was like, of course, that makes so much sense. Wow. Isn't that crazy? It is. It's so crazy. And it is interesting. I mean, she obviously talks um, a lot about women and how this is a thing, but this is not just women. This is men. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think increasingly we all feel like, well, shit, if we have a few extra pounds, then we're a terrible human being. Right. Yeah. It means something else about us yeah. instead of just that's what our body yeah. is. You know, yeah. it, 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 like you said at the beginning, it indicates some kind of like being sick or being lazy yes. or being, yeah, yeah, not being healthy or whatever. When really you should just be like, hey, my body keeps me alive and that's yeah. pretty great. Yeah. And if it needs to carry some more weight, fantastic. Yeah. I'm going to enjoy some extra time watching some Netflix. Exactly. Or exactly. doing something a little more productive. If you want. If you want. No no judgment. No judgment at all. And you know what? I argue that watching Netflix is productive. I think it is. Well, A, we have to keep up on pop culture for we this. We do. So it's just a disservice if you're not doing it, Amy. God, you're right. It's like yeah. this is, it's mm-hmm. homework, really. It is. It's is. homework. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. Research. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Well, my nonfiction pick um, goes a little has a little bit to do kind of with what you were talking about at the beginning but it's called men explain things to me by (laughs) rebecca solnit i've never read this but i've loved this title so much yeah so this book is actually published in 2014 but it's the flagship essay in the book is called men explain things to me so it's a collection of essays that she published she originally published that essay much before 2014 um and it got kind of, um, it came out and then the term mansplaining came out. Yeah. And she says in the book that some people credited her with that. That's She didn't come up with that. It just happened to come out around the same time. So because this essay took off, then sometimes people credit it mm-hmm. to that. But um, to me, the reason I picked it for this episode, for better or for worse relationships, is because a lot of times to me, when relationships go bad, it comes down to communication yeah. and not listening, not caring about another person's point of view, not having any respect that they might have their own thoughts and feelings about things. And she really kind of explores that um, particularly in this first essay, men explain things to me because she has written a ton of books. She is a very, 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 very smart lady and has done tons of research. She knows a lot about history and um, societal concepts. Very smart, very well um, educated. She explains situations where she has had men say, no, 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 that's not true. And then try to explain to her the very philosophies that she already knows and was trying to explain to them. Um, And in one time, a man actually interrupted her to say, oh, well, you haven't read this book. Explain the book. And then she said, that's the book I wrote. (laughs) Like, literally, that's the book I wrote. 
So, yeah. So, but to me, and she, she puts it in this context that there's this really interesting perspective on gender wars going Mm -hmm. on there. Mm -hmm. And then she, and she said, you know, not to say that women don't do the same thing they do. It's just by and large, it seems to happen in this other gendered way. And so a lot of the other essays in the book deal with that as well. Um, There's an essay about marriage equality in there where she takes this very interesting stance that marriage equality became synonymous with um, gay marriage Mm -hmm. as opposed to the idea that two partners in a marriage should be equal which is where the idea originally came from was that like when a man and a woman get married there used to be this idea that that like the man that was property he was getting property and so um she cites some resources and a couple pastors that had done um same-sex marriages and said, you know, I actually enjoy doing those because most of the time they come in as a partnership. Mm-hmm. I don't have to get, I don't have to go through the work of making sure that they're both on an even playing field. So that is a very interesting dynamic she brings up in that essay. Um, there's a whole bunch of other ones in there that are great. She kind of breaks down some stuff from Virginia Woolf. So if you're a fan of her, yeah. um, it, she's funny, but it's also deep, but it's also a really quick read. Um, the, the essays are you know, there's probably a ton more to say about all of these topics. And she's just making kind of a quick point about all those things. They're not super lengthy, but they're really interesting. They make you think they're funny. And I love it because I love the idea of exploring communication and how society and the things that we allow to speak for us do more than even the things that we say that we allow gender, gender roles um, to take over in such a way that it's starting to, you know, disintegrate even personal relationships Mm -hmm. so i thought you know if there's ever a way to ruin a relationship it's by communication oh i was gonna say it was by considering women property well that too yeah Yeah, that's yeah 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 that's gonna go bad (laughs) yeah yeah that's yeah very true Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah can you even imagine if you were mike's property Mm -mm. first of all I, i no. I mean, what is it? Does that include a return policy? Like, what? I, no, I can't. It's a no return policy. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Wow. <sighs> it's a lot to think about. Yeah. He'd have to, like, pay for routine maintenance for, like, you know, yeah. whatever you do with other property. Right. Have to. Yeah. Would you have to insure? Well, you'd I probably have to insure it. Well, yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I wonder what your your price would have been. Yeah. Would it have been like and then six there... goats and two cows and <laughs> seven bags of animal crackers? <laughs> seven bags of animal crackers and this old shoe. <laughs> She's defective. <laughs> she, this one, not quiet. So we'll give you a discount. She's a mouthy one. Yeah. Um, so for pop culture, mm-hmm. I picked a show called Sex Education on Netflix. Nice. The um, There's two seasons out. The second season just came out. Okay. This show is funny as hell. It is awkward. It is painfully real. And it centers around Otis, who is a 16-year-old boy in the British countryside. And his mom, played by Gillian Anderson, is a sex therapist. So Gosh, he knows... Glorious. He knows a ton about, like, sexual anatomy, sexual relationships, everything sex, except for the fact that he's never had any sex. He also is extremely uncomfortable with the notion of masturbation. Okay. So just, like, no sexual activity whatsoever. Okay. All around him, teenagers are boning it up. Okay. 
and, or they're trying to. That's an interesting use yep. of that phrase. I like it. All right, continue. Or they're afraid of boning. Right, right. Um, and when Otis helps talk one of them down, mm-hmm. suddenly he becomes like this undercover sex therapist for the school. No one knows uh, that he hasn't had sex. They just know, oh, it's sex kid over there. He knows how to solve our problems. Oh, wow. Terrific premise. Yeah. So entertaining. Wow. And I chose it for this theme because sex, you know, like exploring it, trying to have it, coming to terms with your own body, your own identity, it can make relationships go super bad. Yeah. Especially when you're first starting out, when you're these teenagers and mm-hmm. you're trying to just figure out how you work, mm-hmm. let alone another person. And so many of the teens coming to Otis are trying to fix their relationships with whoever they're dating, mm-hmm. with themselves, with their bodies. They're uncomfortable with their bodies. I don't know why I keep like trying to <laughs> – every time I say bodies, it looks like I'm rubbing my boobs. I'm not it trying does. to. No, it's more it's like, like a, a robot. Like, yeah, like a robot like, wipe what, what, sort what, what, of. What, 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 my body. Beep, beep, <laughs> yep. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to translate uh, on a non-visual level through a podcast. No, but... no, probably not. It does for me. Yeah, 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 yeah. You just get to see a lot of robot hand movements. This means bodies. So meanwhile, Otis starts to fall for this girl named Maeve, who is one of the girls that everyone in the school considers a slut. Oh. Yeah, for various reasons, uh-huh. as happens a lot yeah. with girls. And mm-hmm. she just owns it. She flips everyone off. It's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, Eric, Otis's best friend, he's trying to find a way to live authentically as a gay man and find sex and love. And Otis's mom, Jillian Anderson, who's a real sort of love him and leave him type. Ooh. Finds herself catching feelings for a guy. Uh Uh-oh. So I love this show. And honestly, I wish we had something like this when we were growing up. Oh. This would have answered so many questions about a lot of things. But also, remember, we grew up pre-internet. We couldn't really research stuff. No. Sexual stuff. Mm -mm. I like the frank way that it talks about sex and the reality that sex rarely works the way it's supposed to Mm -hmm. or the way you want it to. Mm -hmm. Um. I love how it encourages and sort of even focuses on females finding their own pleasure, finding their own autonomy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it would have made a lot of us struggling with things feel a little less alone. Yeah. You know? And like I said, Jillian Anderson, Agent Scully herself. Getting it. She's a randy mom who tries to <laughs> talk to her son about masturbation regularly. <laughs> She's crossing all sorts of boundaries with her son, and it's delightful. And yeah, it's wonderful. Sometimes I wish that you wrote copy for TV shows. <laughs> Boning it up, and he is a randy mom. <laughs> I should. Yeah. Who will hire me to do that? No one. No but... one. You're right. Yeah, no one. <laughs> I just want you to rewrite them for us. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. a personal. Definitely. I don't Maybe I shouldn't say no one. No, I think you're right. No one. Maybe no you one. could get like one of those things that gets popular like on Seth Meyers. Like you come out and just do like yes. rename like the shows. Yes. take on yeah. the Yes. Okay. I mean, anything that gets me to Seth Meyers. That's what I thought you'd be excited I'm all about. all for it. Right? Yeah. Well, I took a I took a darker turn on oh, pop culture. Okay, and actually, I had a backup because I was worried that you might pick the same one. Oh, so relationships going bad made me think of a movie that Mike and I just watched recently called Marriage Story. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I didn't even think about that. that's an excellent choice. Yeah, 2019. Yeah, seen it as well. Mm-hmm. Adam Driver, mm-hmm. Scarlett Johansson. They're Both a couple of them dreamy. Dreamy. Charlie and Nicole mm-hmm. getting a divorce. Yeah. And the viewer has a front row seat to the unraveling 
of their relationship as they're trying to go through the divorce process. So they start out as a couple that wants to, they're still basically friends and they want to keep it that way, especially for their son. And so they're trying to do things amicably. They're trying to work through the system and kind of as it continues, how the system tears them down, how they tear each other down, how they come apart. And I will tell you, it is it is gut-wrenching. Mm. It is a tough thing to watch. It is. But amazing acting. Yeah. It's a great, really, truly look at that system, at what happens when people just rely on that system. It's a great look at a relationship and how quickly things that seemed okay turned to terrible. You know, mm-hmm. like the things that you thought you could deal with, suddenly you can't. Um, and how quickly we lose sight of like what we actually, the feelings maybe we had for that person. But... It was tough. It I'm was tell real you. tough. It was. Whew. I liked too the structure of like kind of starting with those almost letters that they're writing to each other. Yes. Where it's like I love Nicole because yes, or I love Charlie mm-hmm. because, and then at the end it sort of brings that back and oh, mm-hmm. oof. And when I say tough, I'm not trying to tell you not to watch it because oh, I'm no. obviously recommending it. It's but just so real. Just prepare yourself. It's not like a. It's not humorous. It's not a lighthearted comedy. It's not. I mean, it's dramatic, but it's like an extra level too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think anybody that's been in a relationship that hasn't worked out is going to recognize things in this, and that's always hard to look at yeah. and think about and put yourself in the in that position. And you sort of feel your loyalties shift a little yes. bit, yeah. While still like understanding the other person, and yes. you see how the legal system just sort of mucks it all up. Yes, yeah. There's some just wonderful moments in terms of acting and what they're saying, but so hard to watch. But it's worth it. Yeah. Also, that scene where Adam Driver sings. Right? I mean, we love Adam Driver. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize he was a singer, too. That's the thing that he got mad at the... um is it the NPR radio host? Oh, the one where he's he like walked out. Mm-hmm. Because I can't remember the I I don't remember the host name specifically. He's very popular, but he Adam Driver has made it very um a been up front in all of his acting career that he doesn't watch himself. He doesn't mm-hmm. like to see it back, he doesn't like mm-hmm. to hear it back, and he's always been up, up front about that I could before. Totally get that. I'd feel yeah, weird. Yeah. yeah. Going into interviews, everything. And so he went into this interview and then they played a clip of him singing and he just got up and left. He wasn't angry. He didn't freak out. He just left. Yeah. And never came back. And mm-hmm. they people were like flabbergasted or trying to paint him as this terrible person. And a lot of people, he never actually said anything about it, but a lot of other people were like, I mean, he made it clear that that's like a he boundary set, for yeah, him. Yeah, he set his boundaries. And then and you like, broke it and yeah. he didn't do anything wrong. He didn't freak out on the guy or flip a table or something. He just got up and left. I mean, well within his right, I and think. And probably he did that to sort of preserve himself so he didn't get upset or he yeah, didn't get Yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah. Who cares Ugh. if that's what he had to do? And, you know, my problem with it is that more people didn't look at that uh, interviewer and say, you what know, you have doing, a little buddy? respect. Yeah. What were you trying to yeah. do? You know, yeah, that's an amazing moment when he's singing, but maybe you could just talk about yeah, it. Yeah, just ask him about it. Yeah, exactly. So if for nothing else, you need to watch it for that clip and then read that story. And then watch Adam Driver on SNL. It was like two weeks, a week ago, yeah. two weeks ago. Yeah. It Delight. was, he is fantastic. So great. So funny. He mm-hmm. commits hard. He does. I like yeah. it. I like it's it. It's really good. So check it out. Excellent. Marriage Story. Well. On Netflix. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Why did you look at me like you didn't know what Because for a minute was. I was like, is it on Netflix? Oh, okay. And then I was like, no, yeah, it's on Netflix. I thought you were questioning your, is it called Netflix? Yeah, is, is it? it? Yeah. Netflix? <laughs> Netflix. 
Dang it. Knit flux? Knit, what? Huh? Knitting flexings? Yes. It's on knitting flexings. <laughs> so check that out. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, for better or worse. I think we talked a lot about the worse. We did. Relationships That's gone what bad. we were going for. That's what we were going yes. for. Yes. So this episode is done, but we're going to be back. See ya. <laughs> Well, we can't leave yet. We gotta wrap this up. Oh, yeah. Sorry, Jesus. sorry, sorry, sorry. We're sorry. gonna be back next Wednesday. Yeah, I guess Erin can't wait to get out of here. Sorry. She is sick of this shit. <laughs> See ya. I'm done. I gave you my picks. I'm out. <laughs> if Erin can wait until next Wednesday, yeah. um, you can head to our website, broadsandbooks.com, and check out all the recommendations we made in this episode. Also, on that website, or if you subscribe, you get our bonuses. The Broads Talk Books with various authors. Amy mentioned we got Julia Phillips coming up. But mm-hmm. guess what? We're releasing a bonus with this episode. We sure are. That means tomorrow. Yeah. You can get a bonus. Get ready for it. Related to this theme. Mm-hmm. Mind blown. <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't catch up that pop, that was me. That was my mind blowing. And also she gestured like things were pooping. <laughs> It was almost like dandelion. Just For the fluff. record, that's my favorite emoji. The mind-blown one. The mind-blown one. I, yeah, I didn't have one. it for a long time. Then I found it on a separate thing, and it's like all the crazy things coming yeah. out of it. It's my favorite. Wow. You've never used that with me. I haven't? No. Oh, well, I'll rectify that. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, bonus tomorrow. Lots of other bonus stuff there. Check that, it out. And because we're consistently giving you great episodes and bonuses blowing we would mind, love you blow in your mind we would love a review even if that review is just the blow in your mind emoji we will take it that nothing would, would mean be, more to yes me. Aaron would be so <laughs> excited if you listen on apple podcasts it's easy you can do this right in your player if you listen via other podcast players head to Podchaser. it's a great way to leave a review and also find other great podcasts that we've recommended yes or maybe you're like, hey, that was a great episode, but I got another idea. I got something that's going to blow their minds. I got a $6 million idea. Ooh, six $6 million. million, man. Is that a show? Yeah, yeah that, that was, was a show. Okay, yeah, that was wow, a, yeah. wow. All right. <laughs> Woo! That was in the recesses Lee of my majors. brain. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Wow. If you got a Lee Majors level yeah, idea, you, you send it to us. We will knock it out of the park. <laughs> Lee Majors says these days. Am I dead? Probably dead. <laughs> again same night another dream before trying this recording thing i didn't remember much of anything of these dreams i didn't remember much from any of the women and one night of doing this and it's broken things open the dreams are they're in me and they're they're coming out of me and to me i am not broken i am the most whole most real Cause their despair. I cause their despair. I wait for the word. I wait for the word. Witch. Witch. Witch.
Look at the mad woman in her cage. She was a woman with holes inside her. That was the heaviest factor, the final evidence, the heart of the issue. Somehow, you understand this. You, you, you hear me. Wherever you are, whatever this is, you... This isn't a dream journal anymore. It's not. That's just, it's just fact. <laughs> because now this is, this is some sort of record. What are these dreams? Maybe there's a better question. Who are these women? Weird Woman is a Broads and Books production. All nine episodes are available January 10th. Listen and subscribe to Weird Woman on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. That's W-Y-R-D Woman, wherever you listen to podcasts.